Hello and welcome home. You're listening to the Tribe Abuja podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you to know and make known the truth and love of God the Father as expressed through His Son, Jesus. Let's listen to the message. Amen. Okay, um, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we've been doing a series called Jesus our King, Priest, and Prophet. And we, for the past two weeks, we covered Jesus as our great high priest. Um, last week, we covered Jesus as the prophet. We saw Jesus two weeks ago as the great high priest, not just in the order of the, not just in uh, a priest in the, in the Levitical order, but in the order of Melchizedek, as the author of Hebrews tells us, that Jesus is no ordinary priest, that his priesthood, his office of priesthood, is like the one that um, is a king priest in the book of Genesis, who Abraham acknowledged and made um, offerings unto him. Hallelujah. And we saw that we as well are priests like Jesus Christ, and that we have been anointed just as Jesus was anointed to do what? To make intercessions. Amen. That we as priests, we can go into the Holy of Holies as well, just as Jesus can. Amen. Just like um, Jesus can go into the Holy of Holies, we as well um, can enter the throne of we can enter the, the, the throne of grace. We can approach the mercy seat. No longer do we need the blood sacrifices of goats and lambs. We, the, the great high priest has made one sacrifice once and for all. And Jesus as the high priest was not just the great high priest. He was the sacrifice that he offered. Amen. So we as priests, we are not, we are not um, making another sacrifice. In, 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 in quotes, we are just kind of like servicing what has happened already. Amen. So it's important we enter our offices as priests, as intercessors, as mediators. And I told you that the office of the priest reconciles the world to God. Amen. Then the office of the prophet, we learned last week that the office of the prophet does what? He announces the will of God. He reveals God. The office of the priest reconciles the lost world to God. The office of the prophet reveals God. So throughout the Old Testament, God anointed special people as his prophets and made them reveal him, reveal his will to them. Glory to God. But Moses echoed and said, I wish that the nation of Israel will all prophesy. And Joel saw in the prophetic and said that a time is coming where the Spirit of the Lord will be poured out on all flesh. That sons and daughters will do what? Will prophesy. And I told you prophecy is not about prediction. It's not about it will rain tomorrow. Understand? It's about revealing the will of God. So every one of us should prophesy. Then Apostle Paul echoed this as well to the Corinthian church. He said that pursue the higher gifts. Pursue the gifts that will build the church. Pursue the gifts that will build one another. And he said, which gift will build us? Will gift to build the church? The gift of what? Prophecy. So I said, I pray that the tribe Abuja will be a prophetic assembly, will be a prophetic tribe. Glory to God. 
revealing the heart of God, the will of God, revealing God, revealing the Father, announcing God himself. Amen. Amen. Thank you, bro. <clears throat> so today we are going to be doing Jesus is King or Jesus our King. And if you're just confused, let me just catch up um, for you. I was teaching and I said that there are three major offices that God uses to mediate with his people. So in the, under the old covenant, we saw three types of offices that God will anoint people to act as intermediaries, to act as mediators on behalf of him. So, um, but in the Old Testament, it was only one person, one person could occupy one office at a time. Are you with me? So the office of the prophet, we see from Moses to um, people like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Elijah, Elisha, right? These people will reveal what? The will of God, the heart of God. Then God now anointed something called the office of the priesthood. And <clears throat> he called out the entire tribe of Levi and said, you are going to serve me. And if you are from the lineage of Aaron, you're going to be my direct priest. You understand? And you will be part of the persons that go into the Holy of Holies and minister unto me. And I told you how in the tabernacle, in the temple, the Holy of Holies, where only the, the high priests could enter, and offer sacrifices. He had to be teethered, you understand, with a rope. And if he, got, if he had gone to the Holy of Holies unclean, if he had not performed the ritual cleansing well enough, they would have been printing out obituary that evening. So he had to be teethered, you understand, with a rope. You remember the story of um, John the Baptist's dad? You understand? He was taking so much time. You understand? Because he had encountered the angel. They had to like, okay, is this guy... Is this guy still? Is this guy still here, or should we start going to Barnex to print obituary? So today we are going to office that God used to mediate through His people was the office of the king, the office of the king. We know people like King David, um, King Saul, King Solomon, right? Josiah, um, and the rest, <laughs> and. Um, Unfortunately, there was a civil war and Israel and Judah split. God anointed Jeroboam to lead um, <clears throat> the, the nation of Israel. Yeah? And um, the lineage of David, they continued um, ruling the nation of Judah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But still along those lines, like the splits did not really help because both nations were still struggling. You understand? So we are going to learn that only Jesus is the true king. He's the promised king. He's the only one that can rule and reign. So the office of the priest does what? He reconciles the lost world back to the father. The office of the prophet reveals the heart of the father. The office of the king rules and reigns on behalf of God here on earth. You understand? They enforce the will of God. They enforce righteousness. The kings enforce justice. They walk in righteousness, justice. They enforce the law of God. Are you with me? Great. So, Father, we pray that today as we start this teaching, we pray that you speak to me, through me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, I told you that Jesus Christ, Christ is not a nickname. Right? It is not Jesus' surname. It is 
his title. It is a title. Christ is Greek for the anointed one, and in the Hebrew, it means what? Messiah, right? And the Hebrew nation understood that the anointed one was the one that was promised, prophesied, you understand, that was to come and redeem the nation of Israel, was to come and be the representative of God to bring about a new covenant. All the prophets, all the prophets pointed to that one man that God was going to send. And we now see that it is the person of Jesus Christ. But now we're going to be talking specifically about the office of the king, the office of the king. office of the king. Okay, so God's original plan was that he will reign on earth through man. God's original plan was that he will reign on earth. He will rule and reign on earth through man. So in the book of Genesis, we see that he creates a being like himself in his image, and he confers onto that being, Adam, his power and authority. He says that um, in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, he He says, I've given you dominion over creation. Do you understand? I've given you power and authority. I've given you dominion over creation. Therefore, rule and reign in my stead here on earth. So Adam was supposed to um, steward this calling, steward this authority through the first prototype of the Garden of Eden. So after God created the earth, he carved out a place called the Garden of Eden. It was a city that was a garden. You understand? And, and, and he told him, start here. God's plan was to propagate the earth with people that will rule and reign representing God. I've not lost anyone so far, right? But through sin, Adam and Eve, they lost that nobility of King kingship and queenship, was it kinghood, queenhood, queen what, queenship, queenness, someone, I don't know what it is, but she, she, um, Adam and Eve, they lost the nobility of kingship, right, and they were barred from that, now I've told you before here at the tribe that um, many people call that the creation commission, right, we have not lost that command, God is still commanding us to what rule and reign. The command of Genesis 1.26 is still in play. The, 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 the sad thing is that sin corrupted that thing. So men started to arise that, and, and they thwarted and they twisted that law of God. So we, start, we started seeing people like Nimrod who established cities. And we are told that Nimrod was um, the founder of the city of Babel, which now became Babylon. And we know that Babylon, in the book of Revelation, represents everything that opposes God. In the book of Genesis, we see that the people of Babel, they gathered and said, see, we want to ascend the heavens. Let us build a tower. And it was founded by this man called Nimrod. So people started to rise and they, they, they thwarted um, and they twisted this command of God. That's why we now have tyrannical kings, tyrannical bosses, tyrannical presidents. Yes, because 
God was, God, like I said, wanted to rule, reign through man. But these people, rather than steward these gifts, became tyrants and started wanting more than they um, were allowed to. Amen. Everybody still with me? Great. <clears throat> so, God now called out a man, Abraham, and said that through you, through your descendants, I'm going to carve out a people that will, uh, <clears throat> as Moses puts it in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, you'll be a kingdom of priests. So, Moses, uh, um, the, um, Abraham, his seed was supposed to be the one that was incorruptible or like God had separated, set apart, uh, sanctified so that they could enter this office of what? Kingship, right? And God will redeem them and then they will um, rule and reign as representatives of God. But something happened along the line. We see in the book of Samuel, First Samuel 8. Samuel, so one of the... Uh, uh, so the three offices of the priest, prophet, and king are the major offices that God used to mediate. But we see that God set up people like judges. Do you understand? So in the book of Judges, God appointed people, Samson, Gideon, um, Deborah, to mediate. Do you understand? To settle cases and all of that. So the last judge of Israel is this man called Samuel. And he was a prophet of God. And the Bible tells us that he had set up his sons as judges and his sons became corrupt. The of Israel being, uh, you know, they, they, after suffering what they had suffered with these people because they would collect bribes, they would sleep with people, different things. They approached Samuel and said, we are tired. Give us a king. And Samuel was like, are you sure you know what you're asking? And he went to pray and the Lord said, don't worry, they are not rejecting you, they are rejecting me. And he prayed and the Lord said, don't worry, answer their prayers. Answer their prayers. Answer their prayers. And the Lord revealed to Samuel what it will mean for them to have a king. But here's the thing. It's so interesting that they were rejecting a corrupt government, so to speak, or cor corrupt mediators, corrupt judges. He said, Samuel, give us kings. We want to be like other nations. Guys, do you understand? Like, that's, that's crazy to me. What are the other nations they were comparing themselves to, to, you know, probably the world powers at the time, the Egyptians, the Amalekites, the Philistines, and all these times, all these other nations that appeared great because they had a king. Samuel said, do you understand that when you have a king, he will collect your sons and they'll be soldiers for his war. He will collect your silver and gold to enrich himself. He said, you will pay tax that will almost kill you. Your daughters will be his wives. He said, eh, we like it like that. Give us a king. We want to be like other nations. And it hurt Samuel. He said, no problem. Because the Lord had commanded him to answer their requests. So God, Samuel prayed and the Lord chose for them their first king, a man called Saul. And now we know the tragic story of Saul. Saul, in, he, Saul was um, a perfect example of grace to grass and back to grass. Sorry, grass to grace 
and back to grass. You understand? Because he was a humble person. He, you know, he was shy. He was, he was serving his dad and everything. The Lord calls him, anoints him. In fact, he's afraid. And this man grew so powerful and started doing things power corrupt. That's one of the things God was warning them about. So, here's the thing. In the Old Covenant, I told you only one person could um, enter one office at a time. So, Saul was supposed to go to war, and he was supposed to perform a, a sacrifice. Samuel sent him and said, chill, I am coming. We, I will do this sacrifice. And he thought, because I am king, I have authority. Um, they've poured Goya oil on my head, so I can't... <laughs> I wonder if the makers of Goya oil ever saw that um, the entire Pentecostal movement would be using it every Sunday. Anyway, <laughs> he, he's, I've been anointed. I can do what Samuel is doing. And he performed this sacrifice. And as he was doing it, Samuel was on his way. And he said, what have you done? And the Spirit of the Lord left Saul, unfortunately. Then he started fighting to keep his kingship. Even though the Lord had left him, the, anointing, the Spirit of the Lord had left him. He started fighting to king, keep his kingship. But the Lord had already chosen a young boy called David. And David supposed to be the best king Israel ever had. But this was a man that murdered his friend, slept with his friend's wife. What else do you do? Collected people's wives. You understand? And because of that, his family, because of the mistake of David, the nation of Israel went into a civil war. But we still remember him as a man after God's own heart. We still remember him as a man after God's own heart. Amen. We still remember him as a man after God's own heart. But David, who was supposed to be the best king of Israel, his time, David's time and Solomon's time, they are called the golden, it's called the golden age of Israel. Because by the time Solomon had come, do you understand, like, we are told that even silver was like paper. Are you with me? <clears throat> Every king who was um, righteous or lived good and all of that, they still had their own faults. But God had promised David that through your seed, through your lineage, that there was one that was going to come. Because it was pro promised that through the tribe of Judah, the Messiah was going to come. And David was from the tribe of Judah. And God had promised David that through you, there is one that I will establish and his throne will be forever and ever. Amen. If you've studied his, the history of Israel, you will know that at some point, the direct descendants of David no longer ruled and reigned as king. So which means the king that was promised was a type of king that will not have a physical throne, I will not just be king of just a physical kingdom. Glory to God. I've not lost anyone, right? I'm trying to build a foundation for something. But here's the thing. The beautiful thing is that through, through, through David's mistakes, God still redeems his lineage, right? God had promised and 
swore that David's lineage will produce the Messiah, will produce the king of kings, right? Even in David's mistake, we see that the person of Jesus Christ, his descendants, his ancestors, if we, to, we are to trace Jesus' descendants, uh, not descendants, pardon me, his ancestors, his lineage, we see that people like Bathsheba is one of his great-great-great-great-great-grandmothers. Do you understand? Am I, am I wrong? Right? No. So God is still a God that redeems. God has grace that redeems, even if we make mistakes. So oftentimes we may do things, we may face the consequences of our actions, but God still redeems. Amen. I just had to put that there. So I keep telling you here, no matter how far you've gone from God, the shortest way home is to turn back. You cannot hide from God. You can't. That's not what we're talking about, but that's for somebody here. As you go into the new year, stop hiding from God. So we now, uh, I just thought, there's this um, show on um, Netflix partnered with this um, news media called Vox, and they have this series called Explained on Netflix. It's really interesting. They have an episode on the monarchy, and if you, if, if, you, if you go and you watch it, honestly, the modern-day monarchy is basically, God forgive me, I don't know if you're from a royal home, forgive me, it's almost a joke. Because tell me why a sitting governor can dethrone a king. You, who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah? Just nod if you know what I'm talking about. Or wink at me. <laughs> A sitting governor can dethrone a king. Do you know? It blows my mind. An elected governor. So modern day monarchy, it's a joke. Basically, the queen of England who has refused to die. Sorry, like, I don't... <laughs> Sorry, it, did not, it was not supposed to come out like that. But, come on, do you understand? Like, how many Olympics? How many, how many, how many presidents? How about, give Charlie a chance. Do you, do you get it? She has refused. She has moved to move on. She's basically a figurehead. Now, um, I think last month or two months ago, the nation of um, ah, is it eh? Barbados? Do you understand? They 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 said they are no longer under the the monarchy. So, at a time, the kingdom of Great Britain. Literally everywhere, they said they wanted to establish a kingdom that everywhere the light touches, like the empire that could, anywhere the light touches. And if you see the way they are, I've wondered who gave these people the audacity. A small nation, have you seen how small Britain is? They are the first, are they great? <laughs> then how many nations they colonized? Only the name of their king or their queen, and now they are trying to retain some form of power through the commonwealth. But it's basically a joke. You know, there are people clamoring for, to just scrap the entire thing. But, well, it brings in, it brings in um, tourist funds, do you understand? I've, I've snapped in front of the Buckingham Palace. It's nice, do you understand? Uh, <laughs> Jesse. So, modern-day monarchy, it's a joke. 
It's a joke. Now, even our elected leaders, because of how much power, the taste of power, people now want to become godlike. So certain persons will want to clamor for um, another, another term. Do you understand? Or just look at our African nations. Look at our African leaders. Some of them cannot even take another step. I was watching a video of one that the French president was assisting an African leader to climb up the stairs. Do you know how embarrassing that is? So people will want to crown themselves and maintain this illusion of power. But we are told that only Christ is king. And do you know that was one of the things that, amongst the other things that annoyed the priests, right? The high priest, the religious leaders of the time. One of the things they used against Jesus, one of my favorite conversations of Jesus is with Pilate. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And that was because the priest had brought the charge to Pilate. And Pilate brought Jesus to Pilate and said, you need to crucify this man and you know, just take him away, kill him. He's upsetting the... Pilate was like, I've looked at... He, does, he has not broken any Roman law. He has not... Or are you prosecuting under your own law? And they, they did not want to do it. Do you understand? They wanted to push the blame on him. So they said this. He's calling himself king. Because they knew that that was what will kind of like trigger Pilate. Because Caesar was king. Right? But in that time, the Roman colonies to uh, maintain power, just as the British did by maintaining, um, you know, certain traditional rulers, <clears throat> they left some, they installed some people as kings. But it's the same thing. They were basically, do you understand? They answered to the Roman authorities. So this person of Herod, Herod was installed by the Roman Empire, but was installed by Caesar, he was a king, but not really. Do you understand? He was a king, but not... <laughs> he was a king, but not really. So they took him to Herod. Herod was like, oh, I've been wanting to see this guy. Do you understand? He probably just thought Jesus was a trickster or something. But Herod did not... He sent him back to Pilate. And Pilate, that thing of him equating himself to Caesar, that was what um, now... Um, and. The Bible tells us also, and I think history tells us, that Pilate had already, was already in trouble with the Roman Empire. Like, there were so many Jewish uprisings at the time, and they had warned him, guy, you're on your last card. So to quell any form of uprising, he will sometimes answer to the request of the religious leaders. Are you with me? So that's when they now said, see, he's claiming to be a king. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? In one um, version of the gospel, he says, you're the one that said it. You call me that. And Jesus responded in another gospel and said that, listen, my kingship is not of this world. If it was, like, guy, you won't be here. And Jesus is mocked at the, cruci at, at, at the, uh, at the cross. His, the crown of thorns is placed on his head. And that Inri is written on the, on the cross. You guys know what I'm talking about? Inri? The king of the Jews? No? You guys don't know? Okay. Uh, I forgot what that Inri means. I think it's Latin for something. Anyway, but Jesus 
one of the things that they brought, the charges they brought against him was that he was claiming to be king. But Jesus never really denied himself as king. Here's the thing. Jesus had fed people bread in, in the book of John, I think five or six. And they were so amazed by it. Five to 20,000 people had eaten bread. They had seen bread and fish multiply. And they were like, this is the guy we've been waiting for. Let's make him king. Listen, be careful when people heal you. <laughs> be careful when people are putting crown on your head. Do you understand? Like one minute they are healing him, the next minute they are saying, put the nails in his hands. So Jesus, knowing their hearts, he refused because he was not just a military king or a political king. His kingdom was not of here. His kingdom was not of the now. Amen. So he acknowledged that he was king, but he said, I'm not, you're, you're not the one that will install me as king. The next time we see him um, 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 accept that he is a king is when he was marching into Jerusalem on the donkey. He was entering into Jerusalem, and the, the, the Bible tells us that the people, they were celebrating and said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm sorry. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Can someone open it for me very quickly? I want to, why am I forgetting that? But blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Hosanna in the highest. They were acknowledging that he was king and that was prophesied. Do you understand? By one of the prophets that the king was going to march into Jerusalem. So Jesus accepted his kingship. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. But Jesus, that's why the triumphal entry blesses the king. <clears throat> Luke 19, 38, 40. Someone should open it very quickly. But so, speaking to Pilate, he said that my kingship is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my father will send people, will send a host of angels and will take you out. So his kingship was not of this world. And he was not going to bow to the words of men to reduce him to a political and military king. Glory to God. And after Jesus died at the cross, after the resurrection, he returns and he says this. He says, all power, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Hallelujah. So Jesus resurrected as king. God gave him all power, all authority. And said, you are a king. Hallelujah. Amen. After the resurrection, we see that Jesus is seated by the right hand of God the Father. Glory to God. And that's what the ascension is for. The ascension was so that he could enter into the fullness of his office. Into his kingship. Into the office of the priesthood. Amen. In the book of Revelations, John sees, Revelations 19.16, he says that he sees the king, he sees Jesus as king of kings and lord of lords. And Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord is not just a nickname. It means he reigns. It means he lords over all. He has all authority. He has all power. 
Amen. Are you with me? And all this was prophesied by the different prophets. Isaiah in Isaiah 9 tells us this, that for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And one of the characteristics of the child, the Messiah that is coming, is that he says, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Which means he will, he will shoulder the responsibility of what? Authority, of power. So Jesus as Messiah, one of his roles is king of kings, that the government will be on his shoulder. He is literally carrying all power and all authority. Glory to God. I've not lost anyone, yes? Yes? So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you and I? I've told you that just as Jesus is a priest, we also are. Jesus is the great high priest, but we are priests. We have been anointed as well to serve as priests, as mediators, as intercessors. We are to also act as priests, revealing God. And now we are a royal priesthood, as Apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2.9. John, in the book of Revelation, looks and he sees, he saw a king, a people from every tribe, every tongue, and he said he has made them, Revelation 5, he has made them a nation, a kingdom of priests. Glory to God. So we are not, we, yes, we are children of God, but we have the duty of priests. We have the duty of prophets. And finally, we have the duty of kings. Hallelujah. That we are to rule and reign here on earth rep as representatives of God. Amen. So you and I are supposed to enforce the will of God. Enforce the righteous judgment of God. Enforce his uh, mercy. Enforce uh, uh, the heart of God here on earth. So that's why this prayer, your kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. As your, as your will is done in heaven, let it be done here on earth. That is not just um, a fancy prayer. Do you understand? It is a governmental duty that we have. Are you with me? That we are to rule and reign as kings here on earth. So the command in Genesis 1 to have dominion over all creation is still in play. The Great Commission is still in play. Jesus said, all authority, all power has been given unto me. He now said what? Therefore, go. So we are acting in the stead of Jesus here on earth. We are representatives here. I don't know if you went, um, for those of you that went to boarding school, I went to command secondary school just and if you know what that kind of school is, um, to give you an example, there, is, there are seniors that even without a prefectship badge or title, they are authorities. They are principalities. Am I, am I right? Some of you may be here. Yeah, God has redeemed you, I know. <laughs> but um, the point I was trying to make is, as a junior student, right, let's say a senior calls you. There are some people, even if it's the head boy that calls you, if you say, senior, dummy sent me. <laughs> like, it carries power. Do you understand? Like, the power pass power. Do you understand? 
So there were certain things that, as junior students, especially if you enjoyed um, school fathers or whatever, there were certain things you will not suffer because the authority of your school father, do you understand, followed you. I'm just trying to, that's even kind of like a, 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 a fecal example. But the point I'm trying to make is here, like God has given us power and authority. Do you understand? Over all dominion, over creation, over principalities and powers. He says, all power and authority has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We, the church, we must understand that God is not satisfied with converts. He wants nations. He says, disciple nations. Are you with me? It's not fill your church with members. It is not get converts. It's not try to convert somebody from this church to the tribe. God wants nations. In the book of Revelations, we see that God is interested in every tribe, every tongue, and peoples from every nation. I want you to see how much power has been conferred upon you. How much power has been left unto you. And there are certain things you should be walking in as, as, as your duty as a king, your duty as a queen, that you need to start entering now. That all power, all authority has been given to Jesus and he ascended and said, I've gone. I'm giving you this power and authority that has been given to me. Act in my stead. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Hope you know it's not, um, there were other Jews called Jesus. Because Jesus is, uh, is another form of the name Joshua. Because it means Yahweh saves. It means God saves. So we are not just talking about any type of Jesus. It's not Jesus that plays for Mexico. <laughs> we are talking about Jesus. That's why we add Christ. The anointed one. That's why we pray in his name. Because it is in that anointed one that all power, all authority has been given unto him. So we act in his stead. Tribe Abuja, as we enter into this next year, you see these three offices, God has called us to function in them and to function fully in them. Are you with me? That we rule and reign as, in, in, as representatives of Christ in our homes, in our offices, in our workplaces. You are not to see yourself as less than. For any reason. Are you with me? All authority, all power has been given unto us. And Apostle Paul, peering into the heavens, he sees and he sees the saints and he says, See, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Do you know, positionally, you think it's this chair that is holding you up. No. Oh, you think it's gravity creeping? No, 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 no. You are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Look at how we treat earthly kings. You know there are some kings you cannot sit on their seats. You become a hashtag. R.I.P. <laughs> you become a hashtag. But God looks at us. He says, my son, my daughter, sits with me. Glory to God. 
So positionally, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are in Christ in heavenly places. Your position is on the royal seat. Hallelujah. Is it the hammer turn? I need to be getting. What's happening? Amen. So through Jesus Christ, what was lost in Adam, the nobility, the honor of ruling, reigning, having dominion over all of the earth was restored in Christ Jesus. But more than restored and reconciled, we were lifted to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then John sees something as well. In Revelations 22, he sees that when the new heavens and the new earth has been restored, he looks and he sees, coming up into Revelations 22, 25, he sees us. He says that we are reigning forever and ever with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we are not inheriting a title that can be corrupted. Who was it that denounced their royal destiny recently? Was it just Harry? Um, but you get, so like he's no longer um, enjoying certain privileges. Do you understand? See, that is not us here. Are you with me? Are you with me? We are inheriting a kingship. We are inheriting a power and authority that cannot even be given away because it is not yours to give in the first place. So you are in Christ and you are seated with him in heavenly places. Glory to God. Can you put Revelation 22, 5 up? 22, 5. Let me just read it quickly. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, I'm five. So, uh, okay, let me just read from verse three. It says, no longer will there be anything, anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. Amen. They will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will what? Reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I know some of us are looking forward to going to heaven, but we are coming back to earth. <laughs> we are told that a new heavens and a new earth will be created. Hallelujah. And that the Lord will send us back here to rule and reign here. And Jesus was telling us a parable, and he said the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he told the parable of how people need to be faithful with what they are given. Because when you are faithful with what you've been given, God will tell you to come. Go and rule this city. Go and reign in this city. Are you with me? So I want to ask you, what has God called you to do? How are you stewarding the authority, the power, the kingship God has given you? Because he's going to come and ask, what have you done with what I have given you? So we will all enter into the presence of God, fine. But there is still some work we will be doing post-resurrection that God will be giving us according to the works we have done. 
Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I've not lost anybody here. So there is work to do, the tribe Abuja. There is work to do. We have to enter into our prophetic office. We have to enter into our priest, priestly office. We have to enter into our kingly office where we are ruling and reigning, knowing that all authority, all power that has been given to Jesus has also been given to us. We have permission, hallelujah, because we are the anointed ones. In the Old Testament, they will anoint you with oil. We do it in the New Covenant just as a symbol of what is already on you. Do you understand? The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God, Isaiah 61, is upon us. So you have permission. Anointing grants you permission. It grants you qualification. Amen. So no longer, it's not on your merit. It's not by how you look. Jesse, David's father, will bring, he brought all his sons that looked good, that had everything that a king should look like. And the Lord said, none of this. And he brought a young 17-year-old boy and said, this is going to be the king of Israel. So we are no longer, amen, anointed according to our merits, but we are anointed by the Spirit of God based on the merit of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you know, just as even earthly kings, see how people clamor for, for thrones and crowns. Do you understand? Uh, you know, Harry and Meghan, they know nothing for them. That's why they moved to Canada. Do you understand? Because what's this boy's name? George Abby? He's George now. He's the third in line also. Abby? It's George, that's his name. He's the third in line. Harry, as, the, as his William has been given birth, like Harry's position has continuously just been moving. And you and I know stories in this, our Nigeria set, of how families are saying, this person is the rightful heir to the throne. This person is the rightful heir to the throne. And you, they now start, have to start finding um, the, the proper lineage. We see this in the book of um, Kings as well, where David... Not um, Samuel, uh, uh, I think Samuel. David, his son, started to clamor for the throne. And they started to kill each other. There was first a civil war in the house of David. Absalom lost his life. His other sons lost their lives. Then we now see prophet Nathan and Bathsheba connive so that her son Solomon can become king. But here we are told that we are born of God. Hallelujah. God does not have last bonds. Are you with me? Your, your inheritance, pardon me, your heritage is not in question. Hallelujah. You are born of God. It is, see, it is Jesus that is firstborn, then us. So your inheritance as king, your inheritance as uh, 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 having all authority and power is not in question. Glory to God. We are not going around asking who is the proper, where, where this one, my mama truly born him. Do you understand? We saw some months ago how um, the Olo of Worry was installed, right? But I don't know if you guys read about the drama surrounding it. In fact, going, there was a crown that was stolen. <laughs> there was a crown that was stolen. But we know he's, he's, he's there now. 
But he is just, they are just types and shadows. Do you understand? But still, they are imperfect examples of what's to come. I don't want you to see yourself as less. You are a king because Jesus is the king of kings. When you say Jesus is the king of kings, what do you think it means? No, what do you think it means? You think they are talking about he's the king of um, the sultan? They are talking about you. He's the king of kings. King of kings. It's you that is the king. So he's saying the submission of all of kings. Jesus is our king. Glory to God. That's why when we gather, when we all have our crowns, we lay it at his feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Tribe Abuja. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, I'm so excited. And I want also function in these three offices under the old covenant only one person could function in one office but now through the person of jesus we can function in all three as priests as prophets as kings glory to god glory to god can you just pray for yourself just bow your heads and just pray for yourself this morning thank you so much for listening we hope you were blessed by the message to listen to more consider subscribing sharing and raising the podcast we love you